The name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the man. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. Oh, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice train. <laughs> it is a absolute miracle. Not only did Ben Waterworth read three books, he read another three. He read six books. Soon <laughs> we're gonna give out Soon we're gonna be giving out a certificate uh, when he gets to ten, uh, his little gold star. Ben has read another three books in a fairly timely pace since we last uh, did that. So um, he's he's powering it through, the little trooper that he is. Uh, so we're back to talk about the three books that he's read. Uh, that's right. We are going to talk about James Bond, the authorised biography <laughs> that he read three times. Uh, brilliant book. If you haven't read it, it features... Uh, Honey Rider and James Bond being an arsehole. So much like one of the other books we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, but no, we are continuing our journey through the Fleming books that Ben is actually read. The next three, uh, Diamonds Are Forever, From Russia With Love, and Dr. No. So we will be talking through our thoughts and feelings of those books and before that, we should introduce ourselves. And my name is Noah. And much like Tanya, I have a wide mouth, dark brown hair, and resemble a young Greta Garbo. <laughs> and my name is Colin, and I am half Chinese and half Canadian. And my name is Ben, and I look like the oldest and ugliest whore in the world. Just well, finally Colin, admitted Colin's that. on the line too. He's older. <laughs> I've seen some of those people that you teach, Noah. It's all right. We can say that. You are the biggest whore of this show and you are the ugliest, but Colin is older. He's much older. He is a grandpa. Huh? What? <laughs> the half the who? A book. I haven't read a book since 1882. Uh, he's, uh, Colin's got his monocle and his magnifying glass out tonight. Uh, but... Yeah, we are we are talking through the next three, uh, and after we've talked through these, we are halfway through. If we don't count the short stories, um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting to hear the opinions tonight because I feel like the first I wanted to do the first three because I felt like those three were so distinct from each other, uh, but then we we move on to the next three, and I feel like this is where Fleming kind of starts to. Uh, reintroduce elements and kind of starts repeating himself a little bit and maybe there's a bit less freshness to these. Uh, but we also get quite a bit of experimentation as well, especially in the middle of these three. Uh, so it's a real sort of mixed bag. And, uh, well, we'll get your opinion first, Colin, but I'm especially interested in Ben, who hasn't read the books before. Me and Colin have read them both before. Oh, here we go. Uh, we're so good. And We've I've read also read before. James Bond, the authorised biography. Uh, so 
yeah, I'm interested to see kind of this development and how uh, these next three are viewed now that we're sort of out of the kind of birthing period of these books. I thought you said burping period. <laughs> it makes us gassy. That's just the first well, three do. No one's drinking tonight, so maybe not. <laughs> Yet. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I... I reread um, all of the books within the last, I'd say, year or so, year, year and a half. And uh, I've, I've never actually read them in order. I think, Noah, you've read them in order. Ben, you've read them in order. So doing these episodes is kind of a way of me refreshing, like, you know, where is the progression in Bond? And that's what I actually find interesting, because like you said, you you have those first three, the innocent days, let's call it, of uh, James Bond. And then uh, you move into the experimentation phase you know he experiments with boredom and diamonds are forever and then experiments with uh different writing structure and uh from russia with love and uh experiments with um shit ra- racial <laughs> uh, prejudice shit. and dr no uh so yeah actually discussing them in order i'm finding is helpful and uh, i don't know how much it'll change my opinions or not but i i feel like even more so than the first three that we did and the first three were all wildly different these next three are so much more wildly different, even just from each other, let alone from the the original three that we reviewed last time. I just want to mention one thing. Um, so excited we're here to chat, talk about entrapment. Finally, it's um it's finally happening. Um, every episode, next episode, entrapment. Here we are, entrapment. Yay! If only entrapment was based on a book. I know. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Potentially. Um, and also, I'd like to point out the fact that. I got ripped a new one last Bond book episode when I dared ask, well, how should I read them? And you're like, oh, duh, chronologically. And yet both of you were like, oh, I've never read them chronologically before. Uh, so for that, I'm playing this. Oh, they can hear it now. It's oh, so much no. worse now that we can hear it. Oh, oh no. it's so good that they have to actually do it live now. They have to hear See, the, it. The, the, the downside is you don't realize we have a greater chance of walking off this episode now good. that we have to listen to it. Yes, I'm happy. What do you think of that, Noah? Oh, it's pretty gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we should I point out that they never hear these sound effects. Ever. I do them in post-production until now. I have a new toy, which they can hear at all. So I can do things like, Colin, what do you think of Tiffany Case? Tiffany Case is probably one of the strongest Bond girls. I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. We'll get to her. Absolutely. Um, Who do you think is one of the strongest Bond girls, Pierce Brosnan? Shirley Bassey. Okay. Uh, we're oh, getting, absolutely. Getting some of these out of the way. If only Ben had spent all this time that he did twiddling with this soundboard and all this money, we could have been on to the next three books by now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're yeah, reading short stories. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. I, I I tried. But uh, anyway, in all seriousness, um, yeah, I, I'm finding it interesting reading them in order. I don't know any different. Um, but it's interesting when you get to certain books and I've heard things we talked about this last time about I'd heard you two talk about them a little bit and – sort of going to them with opinions. So from Rush With Love, for example, I knew that half of this book wasn't on, like James Bond took forever to get into and all that kind of stuff. But I also think that I'm very surprised that these books are so damn close to the movies. That probably sounds like a dumb thing, but 
I think I always went into the opinion of these books that it was only Casino Royale and the rest of them were so different from the movies. And then I got to Live and Let Die and I was kind of like, yeah, okay, this is pretty different. I got to Moonrake. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty different. But then all of a sudden, Diamonds Are Forever, pretty close to the movie. From Rush With Love, very close to the movie. And Doctor No, pretty close to the movie as well. So I was kind of like, wow, I'm blown away by I think the last three of these that I've read that I feel were very close. I mean, Diamonds Are Forever is obviously not completely, but I think... I was going to say, when did we see Jack Spang in drag? I, I think, well, we got Blofeld in drag, so, I mean, they used elements of it, so come on. Um, I mean, it was a lot closer to the movie than I was thinking it would be Diamonds Are Forever, but, yeah, but I, I've enjoyed these three. Um, I think that I, I don't know if I read any of them as quickly as I did, say, with Moonraker, but... Um, no, they've been very enjoyable, and I've been looking forward to getting this episode over and done with so I can get straight to Goldfinger. It's sitting by me. I just haven't started yet. I was waiting to do this episode. You've got the time. Uh, no time to read, I guess. Um, I've got time to play this! <laughs> we never had a pre-production meeting about this. <laughs> um, Good. When are we going to get the book sound bites, like, <laughs> clicking pages all that. I can go through some other. I mean, Colin, do you want a book soundbite? No, 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 no. I don't know why Colin doesn't want one. He's old for books, but bad luck, Colin. All right. I mean, you mentioned Diamonds Are Forever, and uh, I don't know if I fully agree with you on the <laughs> movie part. I would say. You would say this? No. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. I'm I'm glad we're getting this all out of the way on the book episode that no one's going to listen to anyway. Oh, so, we've um, got plenty more. Don't worry. That's I've barely got it started. Don't ever dare mention the word gluten because that might just <laughs> go down a different path. I just wonder how much time Ben spent beforehand, before he started recording, just giggling to himself. Oh, fart noises. I was at no two o'clock in the morning the other night. Playing with this, and don't even get me started on the voice changing because then oh. we will lose it. Anyway, Noah, Ben, it is funny, but there's also such thing as beating a dead horse. So um, maybe <laughs> we would never do that on this show. You would think they would, by playing this, <laughs> that would be beating a dead horse. But <laughs> the thing is, me and Colin aren't laughing. <laughs> we laughed at the beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah, you gotta be careful. Extra, extra time pissing me off this time around. You actually get to hear it, so you know. You were the one who was saying we'll do this one because we'll only take an hour. We've already spent an hour on sounds. I've got all night. This, this is <laughs> books. There are no sounds in books. <laughs> we'll get on with it then. Come on. <laughs> Every time I speak, you play a sound clip. <laughs> this is why you said I do, and that's a Ben fact. That's the, working, that's the best fact you've never heard it before. Oh, I've been working all day with little children, trying to teach them with them shouting and uh, talking over the top of me. I feel like I'm back at work. I'm at home now. This is what it's you like also trying to teach. Oh, you also just described Ben's day all day with children and them talking over him. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell that the cutout there. Was that a fart effect? What was that? That was the humorous rim shot. But anyway. Ha! 
hurry up, Noah. Come on, I've got I've got stuff to do. I've got a job. Humorous rim shot. Wasn't that a rejected ally of Bond? <laughs> is that the is that um, the name of the episode? Humorous rim job. No. <laughs> uh, so diamonds up, are Colin. forever. Can <laughs> we get on I'm with sorry. this or not? All right, chatting up. Should we just re golfinger now? <laughs> See spot uh, run. Spot run. Uh, diamonds are forever. I I don't know if I agree with uh, the idea that it's close to the movie. I would say there are elements definitely there, but I mean, and I love the Diamonds Are Forever movie, but I always think that there are elements of this that haven't been used that could kind of make a a fun movie, like the the fact that the villain dresses in cowboy outfit and owns a ghost town and this train, like that would be such a better final layer villain there than the oil rig um so i i as much as i love the diamonds are forever fi- uh film as a just moronic mess that it is i almost think that this could have this novel could have been improved as a film if they actually had just made this film um but this is kind of i feel the first semi miss um of the flemings uh coming off Moonraker, it's just kind of Bond going against some generic gangsters and who didn't show up in the film, but we did get a kind of nod with the I Got a Brother gangsters, I think, as a tribute to these Shady guys. Tree. Um, Shady Tree. Shady Tree, somewhat, the name at least. Um, Peter Franks is there. But, uh, yeah, this is, when I re- reread this this year, there are definitely some things I really did appreciate it is very boring in times, but there is parts of it that you can't get in a Bond book, that are, a Bond movie that I kind of, like this is a weird scene where James Bond's at the airport and he finds like a oxygen machine thing and he's just baffled by it and he's trying it out. He's trying some oxygen and it's just Bond commenting on this, this whole novel is kind of a, what do you call it, like a, a metaphor or a... Uh, a thought piece for Fleming's opinion on the Americans, I feel. It's just him commenting on the Americans through Bond. Uh, but there are elements of this just Bond fart about that I kind of like because we wouldn't get that in the movies. Um, but I, I feel like this does suffer from... There's a reason they didn't use the Spang brothers because they don't really get much characterization, And I really love the idea of this... Bond going into the pipeline. He keeps calling it the pipeline where he slowly works his way up. I love that as a concept, but the problem with that as a concept is if you move from Peter Franks to Shady Tree to the brothers, that none of them really get time to shine as villains because you're moving up. It almost feels like this should have been twice the length. Thank God it wasn't twice the length. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely. I, I feel like it's very indulgent of Fleming. This book, it's it's. He clearly had an interest in diamond smuggling, and he wrote a very boring book about it that I have read, The Diamond Smugglers. Uh, worse than the James Bond, the authorized biography. You need you need to uh, wait no until I start releasing these as video episodes, and then you can just hold that up all the time. That would be convenient. I've got props, which isn't which isn't good for a video episode, but also sound is not good for a book episodes. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know if I dislike this novel, but there are issues with it. 
Yeah, there's a lot of issues with it. And I think you actually um, you hit the nail on the head on most of them. Uh, one being the villains are very uninspired. Uh, another being that it is very self-indulgent. Uh, it, 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 I was going to say the same thing. Like this is one of the the topics that Fleming wrote a separate book on. Um, I could only imagine if he worked Chitty Chitty Bang Bang into From Russia with Love that that might have been just as boring. Uh, but I actually wonder, and this is where what reading in order. Well, well, reading in order uh, might answer this question better for me is, is it again too soon to reuse America, considering it was only two books prior that we were in America? But there are things that work about it. Uh, I'm going to be careful how I phrase this. In the book, Tiffany Case works uh, as as a Bond girl. And uh, I oh, think she the worked as a diamond smuggler. <laughs> Sorry, she, bad she pulled double duty, Terrible multiple job. multiple jobs. Um, I mean, I think the train sequence and multiple to me, men too. Uh, unlike men, yes. Um, but uh, <laughs> the the train sequence is fantastic. I mean, every time I read it, I'm like, wow, this sequence belongs in a much better book. Uh, but I, I'm kind of with you. I think that they could have gone the route of using the ghost town and uh, what you said about improving upon it. That's the important part because this isn't a great book to adapt just as is. This is one of the books where if you're going to make a movie out of it, you need to find a way to improve upon it. And using the ghost town would have been a very interesting idea for climax. And I feel like it ultimately just came down to them saying, we're going to go to America. What's at this point in, you know, the, the early seventies still somewhat new and fresh and not so overexposed. And that would be Las Vegas. And then of course they struck that deal with what Howard Hughes or whatever. And that pretty much sealed the fate of using Las Vegas as a location. And then, who knows why the oil rig and not the, the ghost town, but uh, there's elements here uh, that, that oh. are used in the movie. I feel like it's the, it's the characters. And then the diamond smuggler plot, which is the part that I, on the last time I watched diamonds are forever, the part that I enjoyed on the movie is the early stuff involving working up in the, the, the diamond smuggling ring that the pipeline, like you said uh, that there, there's the bones of something interesting here. But Fleming never really works it out. And then the movie kind of takes it in the, the wrong direction even more. Do you like the book or the movie better? Ugh. That's hard for Colin. I, I, I will say the, the movie is definitely more entertaining. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like there's a lot more problems with the movie as well. So I, I, I'm kind of sitting in the middle. I'll have to maybe maybe one day we'll get around to our 52nd, 53rd anniversary Diamonds Are Forever episode, and I could fully answer that question. Well, I look forward to our bonus episode. Politician's answer. I'm in the middle, and maybe later I can add to that. Well, it was <laughs> next week when we have our special episode on the favourite moments from every movie. What's Colin going to say about that? Um, maybe he's going to say this. Tiffany Case is probably one of the strongest Bond girls. I think she... Probably. Now you have to listen to your voice, Colin. <laughs> say those words. Wait until the die another day ones come on. Oh, I'm nauseous. I, I, you, you know what um, Colin thinks of diamonds? Uh, diamond. Uh, what's the bloody thing called? Die another day. Ben, you need to record a sound clip of you saying "die another day" so that you don't have to fumble your way through it. Yeah, well, you know, I I can't be bothered doing that because that involves too much stuff. Because I, I remember you saying this. I'm so in love with "die another day." And that's true. Um, so good that you are. Um, I think my point about it being close to the movie is that I think that they're in Vegas. It's a diamond smuggler. There's characters in it. Tiffany Case is in it. 
there's Whitney Kid. Like it's sort of I, I think I just go into each of these books assuming that like they just took the name and a couple of characters and they're not even remotely closely related. That's I think kind of the viewpoint I've had going into all of these books. And I just think that just comes from listening to you two clowns when I've actually listened to the book episodes. I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm just being told the wrong just information. Wait till, we, wait till we get to The Spy Who Loved Me and Ben's like, you know, it was a lot more similar to the movie than I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> although, although up until this point, I know you've not read Thunderball, Goldfinger, uh, Majesties, but this up until this point is by far the biggest deviation of the films. Like they do follow pretty closely in the Connery. I, you only live twice, right? The, the notes I've written, um, so I, yeah, I've said intriguing idea. But right, too. I, I, yeah, exactly. I write a lot. But, 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 blah, 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 blah. speak English, Ben. Intriguing idea, but starts off slow, quarter of the way, and, and it feels like not a lot is happening. Sort of, yeah. Right. Too much on random stuff like horse racing and driving. Doesn't feel like it's going in. That was a very a view to a kill, the whole like horse racing, move your ass yeah. flow and Boring. kind of that stuff. Um, and there wasn't was this there was like a whole plane thing on this one as well. I know we had that in another book, like a whole plane section. But I did like how he was on the plane, and then he was like paying attention to the guy in front of him, and then it sort of connected the dots later on that that was um, Winton Kid. I liked that. That was cool. Um, I said I liked the idea of Specterville. Want to see that in a movie? The train stuff was cool, so I agree with all that. Um, Tiffany just joins Bond like Solitaire did. She's okay. I like her. Um, <laughs> their love gets better as they get to know each other more. Um, and I said, hardly any action. Not super great. Very dragged out. Didn't feel like really much happened. Um, yeah, it was. Now, Ben, can you send me all of those notes? And in the Wikipedia under uh, publication and reception, uh, I'm going to put that in and say, renowned uh, podcast and reviewer Ben Waterworth said on Diamonds Are Forever. It's like, yeah, I think it was kind of the first real one that I maybe put down and I was like, yeah, okay, that wasn't the best. Whereas like, you know, I I know I'm maybe not as high on Casino Royale as most normal people are, but I still enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the other ones better than that. So I think that this was the one where I was kind of like, oh, okay, then that was it. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of like there's certain things. I like the whole starting, like what we're in Africa with the, the, the guy waiting for the helicopter and all that. That was kind of cool. And kind of some of that stuff was intriguing, but, um, yeah, there was, there was large parts of it where it was just kind of like, okay, cool. I'm not as down on America as a location as I know you two are, but, um, I mean, Vegas, at that point in history, Vegas was only like 20, 30 years old as a city. So it was obviously a a very unique place at that point in time. But um, it was fine. Wasn't there like the whole bit when he was in the, um, like the spa or something like that as well? Like, uh, was that, that was Dimes Out Forever, wasn't it? When he was like, he went to a spa clinic. That reminded me, I was thinking of like Thunderball when he was in that weird thing with like his head. Because he wasn't in like a thing where his head was covered and shoulders and everything. The middle part of this book is just drags, but I, ironically, even though I do think they're quite different, the film and the book, I kind of do appreciate them for the same reason. They stand out in Bond history as Fleming and then um, Guy Hamilton and all the crew of just, it's almost like Bond on acid and Fleming just does so many weird sort of the, he starts the book from the perspective of a scorpion. Hmm. Uh, th- there's just Bond going around and he's, yeah, he's in the, the spa and he's on the plane and 
there are just so many weird quirks and oddities of this book and this movie that don't really exist in the other Fleming books and the other movies that, that there is a certain charm there because of how just strange and how it sits there as sort of the weird in between Moonraker from Russia with love sort of thing of it's to me, not a good book, but there's something that makes me still want to keep reading it because it's this bizarre thing going on here. That's so different to the rest. Yes. I am yes. stunned by them. Yes. And for <laughs> that opinion, we... you also do win something. No, you win. You also get a can of slam. That's exactly it. Now there is, uh, we do need to talk about this because this has become a long-standing meme on this show. Uh, we need to set this up, uh, Ben, with his fancy new board. Can we hear what Colin thinks about Tiffany Case? Tiffany Case is probably one of the strongest Bond girls. C- correct. Now, this is we've played that maybe 50 times on this show. This is finally time, uh, Colin's revenge, or finally time for Colin to explain this clip and for him to have a bit of justice here. Uh, so we need to talk about Tiffany Case because it's such a famous clip on this book. So Tiffany Case is one of the strongest Bond girls. I, I in the novel form, in the novel form, I agree. <laughs> I, I got to speak really quickly so there's no editing in there. In the novel form, I agree. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually interested to hear, you know, what Ben thought as well. You know, as far as the differences, because like she really is a complete moron in the movie. But in the books, like she's smart. And I, I think one of the most interesting things is that when you take all these, obviously taking Vesper out of the equation, I feel like this is one of the few times in the books where you really do get a connection between Bond and the Bond girl. And if I remember right, don't, don't they actually like actually kind of end up together? It's not just like, okay, we're going to bang in the boat but while well, Felix is, you know, coming to our rex- rescue, but like Erection. it's legitimately like, yes, they're in a relationship at the end of this. Yeah, they are. Because isn't it explained at the beginning of From Russia With Love that they like broke up and she ran off with somebody else or something like that? So. Yeah. yeah. And there's a whole chapter in the James Bond authorized biography <laughs> about how she fights with Bond's housekeeper. So if you want to know more about Tiffany Key. Um, I, I liked it. I I don't agree with you about the movie one because again, that's the same argument that can be made for Mary Goodnight, and you like her. But shut up. Um, but I appreciate her in the movie. But is she better in the book? It's just it's different. It's a different character. It's you know, it's she's just in a different context. She's not a she fits as a bumbling buffoon character in the movie because the movie is a bumbling buffoon movie. Whereas this character in the book wouldn't probably fit in the movie. So um, I don't know if I would rank her as my favourite Bond girl in the books, but she's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, uh, The thing, I mean, one thing I think the books and the movies are very similar is that Bond just falls for women so quickly. And then I think the difference in the books is, is that you hear his, you know, monologue about it all the time about like, Oh my God, she's amazing. She's so beautiful. And Oh, she's the most beautiful woman ever seen. I swear he said that in like every single book so far. So um, you kind of get to a point where you just, you meet every single woman in these books and you're like, well, it's just the same in every other book. So I don't know if I feel any extra attachment to this Bond girl from the last one. Um, which I'm looking forward to getting to Dr. Noah from Russia because I'm still trying to work out does Tatiana get even mentioned again after what happens in the book? I can't remember. Tanya, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, she's she's good. She's a good character. I like the whole cowboy boots and that and all that kind of stuff going on. 
Um, but I was disappointed we didn't get to keep tugging on that Tudor honey or whatever it was. Like, Lock your pants. <laughs> and where was Plenty O'Toole? I was upset. I thought she should be in the book, but she wasn't. <laughs> I want to read. Uh, plenty walked over. She said, I'm Plenty, Plenty O'Toole. <laughs> Bond responded, named after your father, perhaps. I was plenty very looked sad. Disgust. I'm just saying we've got a studio audience this week. What does the audience think of uh, Plenty of Two not being in the book? Yeah, exactly. Boo. No Plenty in the book. Bullshit. I, don't, I completely disagree with the idea that she's just another one of these girls. Um, I I think, like, there is something that works so well uh, with Gala Brand is a good character, but she, at the end of the day she's just an agent and she is a good character. Solitaire is sort of the damsel in distress and she's the sort of uh, sort of the rebound. I think what works so well with Tiffany when you read these in order and he does sort of, and I feel like this is almost the end of this sort of Vespa arc uh, in many ways before we get to Tracy is I think he's kind of attracted to her this sort of instantly because she is kind of a villain. She's not a good character. She's involved with crime. And that's what Vespa was. And I think there is something going on there where he has this attraction to these people uh, because of what happened to him with Vespa. And that kind of allures him that they're not just an agent or not just damsel in distress, but there is an edge to her. And I think he even comments that there's a bit of an edge to her. The edge. Um, and And... The fact that at the end of the day, uh, when they're on that boat, it finally feels like he's kind of getting over this Vespa thing and that he could imagine maybe moving on from that and having uh, somebody else. Um, Isn't this, is this the then, one where they mention, is, is this the book where he says about, like, getting over Vespa? It is this one, isn't it? I think Vespa is mentioned here. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I, I don't agree that she's just another one of these girls. I think she is, at the end of the day, one of the more important of the Bond girls uh, throughout these books. And she does have a lot of characterization that we don't get in a solitaire. We don't really get in a domino or Mary Goodnight later on. Um, so, yeah, I think there is a lot to Tiffany and the ending is unique that he actually does end up with her for a bit. Is that not common? I mean, get to Doctor No, that just basically turns into Fifty Shades of Grey, but I thought it was kind of like a a book thing where it – because, again, I based on what I've heard you two talk about it before is that he sort of often will end up with them and then it's kind of always generally mentioned in the next book why he's no longer with them really. Uh, I wouldn't agree with that. Like Vespa dies, uh, oh, Gala Brand he, he doesn't get with. Uh, Solitaire, they explicitly state that they're only going off for a week and we quarrel. Uh, Tanya, you mentioned that they barely mention her again. Honey, he said he's going to take her to New York and get her nose fixed. Um, Tracy dies, obviously. Mary oh. Goodnight's just a nothing. So I, I don't agree that all of the Bond girls he ends up with in the end. I think Tiffany does stand out as one of the ones that he does actually. I mean, she moves in with him for about six months, for God's sake. Yeah, but who hasn't had that happen? You know, or you, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, that was mean. I'm not going to make a joke because I am feeling nice tonight. Oh, oh. <laughs> and that's a no fact. I don't have that sound effect on the board, and we're not playing it. So instead, that's a, a gluten fact. 
Colin, did you have any any other thought on Tiffany or are you good? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm very good. I'm not going to say anything else because I know it'll become a sound clip. Uh, good night. Good night. So, I mean, we should move on, but there is a, a couple of things I just want to mention now. And I'm curious to hear some of Ben's thoughts and Colin too, but uh, old hook hands makes his first appearance since uh, he made a deal with something that disagreed with him. Uh, Felix comes back and he's no longer in the CIA. We've kind of got like a detective Felix who's working a bit of uh, freelance. Uh, so that, that I think is quite fun. I think it's maybe one of Felix's better one. I can't remember his name, but there is a character I loved in this book who was like the taxi driver that like oh, takes one. Oh, yeah. He was great. Oh, I liked what's him. his name? Doesn't he? He gets killed, uh, doesn't he? Yeah, the, the, gets at least shot or driven off. And yeah, so Felix, and just if there's any kind of curious if you guys would want to see the Spang brothers uh, in film, uh, do you think they should have been... I feel like even if you took Charles Gray out, you still could have a silly movie like Diamonds Are Forever with these two brothers. Like you you make one of them super camp and one of them super macho or something. There's some funny campy stuff you could do with these brothers. Um, but would we want them in Bond 26 or is this like, it's not like a gala brand thing. We're happy to never see these guys again. I mean, I feel like the fact that it's just, you know, a gang villain it's something that's so overdone just in movies in general. I mean, we, we get a little bit of the gang villain type thing in uh, the movie Live and Let Die. And that's kind of the other thing. I mean, it's very different type of gang, but that's where I was saying, like, you you were in America two big books ago, and now you're kind of doing a gang thing. Too. It's almost like Ian Fleming just had a hang up on gangs controlling America or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it would be something different. I mean, maybe if you, if you were to do something like that now, maybe it's something different, but is it at the level of what we're used to with Bond villains? I think that's one of the big problems with them. Uh, personality wise, like, like you said, I mean, you could do something like that, just showing the, 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 the brothers, but maybe not have them be the, the spangled mob. I didn't mind it. It's something different. And we've never really had a... What we've had, well, two movies I can think of where we've had like a duo of villains, World of Not Enough and Living Daylights. Uh, and I kind of like that idea. It's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it wasn't the, because I think that you both mentioned it, the personality side of it. You know, you don't really have the personality of a villain. I mean, it's sort of that was what was so good about Drax in Moonraker. Like, you're just like, wow, this guy, like, he's awesome. Even um, Mr. Big in that in Live and Let Die. Um, and what we got of uh, Le Chief in Casino Royale was okay, uh, but we'll obviously get to one of the next couple that we've actually talked about, which I think the villain was amazing. So, yeah, I, it would be interesting to see what they could do with it, but um, I don't know. We kind of got in the mood with Mr. Winton, Mr. Kidd, kind of what you get, right? Yeah, and, I mean, Mr. Winton and Kidd are another one that they're mentioned by name, uh, but... The film did wouldn't give way better than the, the book, that's for sure. And that's because Noah like thinks of this. It's pretty gay. Yeah. Yeah, they are gay. That's true. That's And good for um, them. But, I mean, I feel like it's common with all the henchmen. I feel like uh, The Whisper from Live and Let Die and Teehee and nothing as much as the movies and Winton Kid and all of these other ones. Uh, with the exception of maybe the next book, which we should transition into... Uh, which we are now moving on to book number five. Ben read five books. 
And if Diamonds Are Forever was this weird sort of quirky oddity that stands in the Bond series, I feel like From Russia With Love is James Bond grows up. This is the real grown-up James Bond. And it, it reflects the movie. We always talk about, Ben always says it's the movie where you have to think. Uh, <laughs> this is the book where you have to All think. All movies to me uh, are the movies you have to think. Uh, it, it really does feel like James Bond has grown up. It went from kind of casino is quite like just getting used to it. And then living that die is like a pirate adventure and uh, Moonraker is a bit like, we're going to blow up London and get in a submarine. <laughs> this really feels like uh, Fleming's attempt of writing a real serious uh, spy novel, much as the film is a serious spy film. And I feel like he succeeds 100% here in everything he's trying to do. Uh, and, I mean, John F. Kennedy agreed to one of his favourite books, um, which which it does beg the question, like, what do you think Joe Biden's favourite James Bond book is? Oh, guy's old enough. He probably doesn't even remember James Bond is. He can't read. He's got no vision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like... I- <laughs> Awkward silence. I feel like Donald Trump's favorite is definitely Spy Who Loved Me. Um, <laughs> live and Let Die. James Bond Jr. Oh, Live and Let Die. <laughs> he likes the James Bond Jr. cartoon. He likes the Money Penny um, <laughs> No, that's uh that's uh Clinton's favorite, the Money Penny Diaries. Um uh well, Biden's an unauthorized biography of James Bond guy. <laughs> yeah. He likes the, the authorized biography. No, um, Biden's a um. What's the Tom Clancy guy? He's a he. He likes his that character, the Jack, not Jack Wade. Who was who was it? Colin, come Jackie on. He likes the Jack Wade diary. Who's the Tom Clancy guy? Jack. Uh, oh, Jack Richie. Ryan. Jack Ryan. Thank you. He's Ryan. a Jack Ryan. Ryan. That guy. I Harrison Ford. Wasn't it the Everything or Nothing documentary that they got a few presidents on or they at least got Clinton? Bill Clinton was on that, I yeah, think. Yeah, he's like, I'm yeah. a Dream Bond fan. Um, and I feel like boots. Ronald Reagan was a James Bond fan too, wasn't he? Um, not not uh, Gerald Ford. He, he he didn't have time for it. <laughs> or, uh, who, who is it, Ben? Uh, Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Hey, I put money on his grave. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Leave him alone. Ben's favourite. President. He's my favourite president, um, and that's a Ben fact. But JFK uh, did talk up this book, and that had a huge impact on its sales. Um, and again, I was reading today in 1963, so I guess when he died, that people are like, uh, or when the movie came out, but maybe like he died and Mildred's going, oh my God, we need to honour him by reading his favourite book. Um but I, I feel like Fleming totally succeeds in everything he's trying to do. And this is the grown up bond. And he's at the same time, again, he's doing this experimentation thing. Fleming doesn't get the credit for being an experimental writer. I mean, well, let's get to spy. Love me for God's sake. Um, doesn't always land, but here it does. And the idea of starting not half, but a third of the novel purely on your villains is such a, daring move for a novel especially in the 50s um and i remember i didn't know the first time i read it and i wasn't digging it too much i was kind of thinking come on where's james bond where's james bond which i do think is why the movie sort of has that specter mask thing specter specter and the whole thing of getting james bond earlier 
Uh, but it works so well. And one thing I do love about Fleming is when he talks about the villains and he goes on these tangent rants about their backstories and stuff like that. It shouldn't really work, but I love it anytime he just goes on this rant about, oh, and Red Grant was born here and he moved to the blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But the idea of introducing not only your plot, but also your all of your villains, and this is by far the most characterization we get from villains in any of the Bumble, even Blofeld. Uh, and it's just such a great, it's like a sitcom, the old Russian gang, Rosa Claire, Kronstein, Red Grant, Tanya, and General, I'm not even going to be able to pronounce his name, so God forbid Ben would be able to pronounce it, but we do kind of get a character that was not in the movies, General G. Um, and th- there's just a lot of great stuff of introducing the plot and the characterization of the villains first. And I love the scene where they're trying to brainstorm. You've got all these uh, Russians brainstorming, like who's the perfect catch that we can get for our plan. And we even get a little Mathis reference in there. They go, Oh, should we, should we go after Mathis? Mathis." He shows up at the end, Um, doesn't he? He's in the, yeah, he is in this book, but like, that's such a great scene where they're brainstorming, like which agent from around the world are we going to try and frame? Um, and, and and then after the third, the first third, and Bond comes in, it's all go from there, and it's quite similar to the movie, but it's all uh, entertaining, it's moody, and it moves at a fast pace. So uh, I don't really have many negative things to say about this one. I think the characters are great, the plot's great, and everything that Fleming tried to do, he kind of succeeded with here. Yeah. If what there's any negative. I feel like if there's any negative to it, it's it's something that's not necessarily a negative with the book or the story or anything. It's the fact that it is so close to the movie that when you're reading through these books, you're getting all these new bits in the other ones that you're like, whoa, I, I didn't know that they did that. And oh, I, for, I forgot that this was part of it. No, that's completely different from the movie. And this one is is so close that it almost just feels like you're reading the novelization of the movie and not, you know, the movie being the adaptation of the book. Um, but uh, I, I'm kind of with you. The first time I read this, I didn't know the writing structure was so different. So it caught me off guard and I was getting impatient. And uh, the, the last time I read it, uh, you know, a year ago or whatever, uh, it, it was actually it was something that I, I kind of wasn't looking forward to because I'm like, oh, from Russia with love, you got to get through the first half where there's no bond in it. And then I found myself like the first half breezes by. I mean, I would argue the first half might be even quicker and, and more to the point than even the second half when bond does come in. Uh, and I think part of that is because what they do miss in the movie is a lot of the development with the villains. And, and really, if you look at the movie, the movie is similar to the book in that bond comes in much later. I think it's like the first, you know, let's say 15 to 20 minutes of the movie is almost all the specter buildup in this smirch buildup, um, which is a lot, even just for a movie to focus not on bond, uh, but so much more character development out of particularly Kleb and Kronstein. Um, I think Kronstein, especially you get a lot more out of him in the book. You get a lot more personality and character and purpose. Um, and yeah, uh, once it kind of gets into the bond story, it's like, yeah, this is, pretty much what i remember but uh that that would be i think my only negative for this because it is a brilliant story i would actually say much like the movie of all the stories fleming wrote this is probably the most complex there's the most moving pieces to it and uh it, it is arguably the, the the straightest story that he's written 
um, not in the pretty gay way, but uh, the, the, the the most straightforward story that what he's is written. The listen story to, listen to Colin. The straight, 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 straight. Look at you, yeah, homophobia. Very straight, again. very straight. Like a man. Um, <laughs> like a man should man. be. James Bond, straight. <laughs> um, how far are we James away Bond's from James Bond straight. actually being... Well, let's be honest. How far are we away from James Bond actually being gay or bisexual? Bond 26, it's going to be uh, Sam Smith. Well, I, I, Ezra Miller as James Bond. And then and then you can't go, that's a man fact anymore. There we go. <laughs> I, Wait, I, yeah, I don't I know they, who would, who would like, um, what's, I, well, I've gone blank in his name. Um, Ian McKellen. No, well, he's gay. Um, uh, no, why have I gone blank in his name? Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Help me out. Oh, here. Neil Patrick Neil Harris. Neil Patrick Harris is James Bond. That's a very bad choice of casting. But no, I would go Ian McKellen over Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> I I don't know Elton John is Bond. Tom Cruise. Tom, oh yeah, that raging homosexual. Uh, that definitely queen. Tom Cruise. God. Drink yeah. queen. Drink queen. Elton John. <laughs> why why didn't Elton John do a Bond theme? I actually think he would have been a good choice for a Bond theme. He still could. Oh, especially back in the seventies. Yeah, because yeah, Sam Smith wanted to be the first openly gay. Bond songwriter, Paul. Yeah. But Ben, uh, you know, kind of give me your opinion on this. <laughs> yeah. Coming off of because you're saying like, oh, it was a lot closer to the movie than I thought for you know, Diamonds Are Forever. And, and when you get to From Russia with Love, is that a good thing or a bad thing that it's that close to the movie? Well, one thing I want to say quickly uh, about the whole villain thing and not knowing. I mean, I knew because obviously I'd listened to the episodes that you'd done and I'd heard about it. But I also want to say that. Uh, I've I've gotten I've gotten all the books now and I re got them all the brand new ones and I've been buying the vintage 007 series so they're all new and fancy. These do you have these books. And I just want to say that each of them have an introduction written in them by somebody I have no idea. In From Rush with Love you get an introduction by Tom Rob Smith. I have no fucking clue who Tom Rob Smith is. Tom's Rob Smith. The books T Tom Rob Smith. But he basically in the introduction which I guess, okay, it's my fault. I don't have to read it. But I'm usually assuming that if you read an introduction of a book like this, it's probably just going to be like, this is so historical because John F. Kennedy liked it, blah, blah, blah. Don't spoil the fucking book. He's literally going like, the first hundred pages are all in the villain's perspective and then Red Grant comes in and then when Karen Bay dies, it really gets... I'm like, okay, just I may as well not read the fucking thing. Now, now, be honest with us, Ben. You did get through it very fast. Did you actually read this book or did you I, just I, read I, Tom Ropsmith's introduction? So I just I just want to say... Have a you bit- just been reading the intros? <laughs> Well, the Goldfinger one, I, I haven't started yet, but I, I don't think it's Tom Rob Smith. I'm looking forward to my introduction written by Kate Mo- Kate Moss. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know it's not the model. She can't read. What's she going to be like, I was so hungry. I want to read the book. Um, Kate Moss. When, when, when are Ian Fleming's uh, estate going to contact us to write an intro for their book? Oh. We could do the intro for the James Bond authorised Have you listened to this show? Yeah. It's shit. Um... I I don't think it ruined it. I I don't know. Like I think it works well. Like when it's very close to the book because uh, the movie because again I'm not a big reader. <laughs> so generally I'm seeing movies first before I ever read a book. I don't think the only book that I can think of off the top of my head that I would have seen read before the movie Harry Potter. Um, Ready Player One. I listened to the audio book first. Um, the Cat in the Hat. The Cat in the Hat. Absolutely. 
Uh, Tomorrow yeah. in the War began. That's uh, I don't know if you ever read those as a as a kid, but yeah, that, I read that before the movie. The movie was quite close to the book, so yeah, I I I enjoy it, and I think a lot of it the expansion. Like you talk about Kronstein, I don't think I rank, ranked him very highly when we came to our secondary villains, henchmen, whatever he was on. But in the book, he was great. I love the whole chess stuff, like when he gets pulled off from the chess board meeting and all that kind of stuff. And I love the whole sequence. He's on the chess board. <laughs> the, the chess, like not chests, like chess, the game. Um, us, us, still pulled up on the chess board. Us, us intellectuals know what we're talking about. Um, chess has gotten sexy these days. Chess is sexy. Have you ever played it? Um, what was that Queen's Gambit show? The Queen's Gambit. That's sexy, right? Oh, I don't know. I gave up after one episode. The drug cheat. Um, we, well, I want to verse Bandit chair. You'd win. Uh, I used to play Battle <laughs> Chess, that three D like computer game where you had little castle people bashing the Queen. Um, when are we going to play Ben Waterworth's James Bond Monopoly? Well, hey, <laughs> I made that myself. Um, have you told? Have you ever told that story? What? I think I have. I've told that. Haven't I not told that? How story? have we done 130 episodes and we've not mentioned Ben Waterworth's James Bond Monopoly? Um, in high school in Australia, you do uh, usually like grade nine and grade ten. You do a thing called negotiated studies in English, where you can basically choose to do an assignment or whatever you wanted. So I, I did it three times. I did a Michael Schumacher one, a Formula One one, and in grade ten, I did James Bond. And as part of my assignment, I made a James Bond Monopoly game where I literally printed out a board. I printed out all the little cards. I've got it. I'll remind me I'm, for the 60th anniversary. I'll, I'll get it out. Um, Very Brosnan centric. This uh, James Bond Monopoly. Well, I wonder why that would be. Because um, maybe because I like this movie. But. I it was really fun. Feels really nauseous since he brought in the soundboard. <laughs> it was really fun, and I remember my English teacher liked it so much that she wanted to keep it. She's like, "Wow, this is really unique." I'm like, "No, I want it. It's mine. I made it." Um, but anyway, to be fair, yeah. Uh, when you say that Ben Waterworth made a board game, <laughs> it actually does look better than you would think. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, that's an actual recent review on my Tinder profile. Actually looks better than you think. Um, so, but mm. I, yeah, I just, I really like kind of, I, I liked the whole hundred pages build up. It was really interesting. Like I like, no, what you said, it's kind of like a sitcom. I like it when we get sort of Tanya, like getting the call and she's going upstairs. Oh, I'm nervous. And old slutty Rosa Klebb, like undoing a 90 on the bed and basically like getting a bit. They didn't. Creepy. Rosa Glebe is clearly a lesbian in the movie, but I feel like the book goes like, "What well, she wants, Tanya." Yeah, but I, I, I love like all that build-up stuff, and I like the Red Grant stuff was awesome. Like, love him in the movie, but like, just kind of, I basically wrote here that he's kind of like Dexter. Uh, that he's got like this urge, this midnight kill that he like, you know, every time there's a full moon that he's got to like, he's got to kill um, and he's got to satisfy that urge by killing these um, these people. Um, I also wrote uh, a Karen Bay. I mean, God, he was amazing in the movie, but he's better in the book. Like Jesus, he was he was incredible. Um, and the relationship he has with Bond is is absolutely amazing. Although we don't get the threesome with the the gypsy girls in in the book, which I was a bit sad about. It's a good reason, probably. But um, I I love like I love the book and I cliffhanger. I I, I when it yeah. happened, it kind mm. of clicked. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I do remember you two talking about it, but like, I didn't remember. So when it happened, and I'm going like, 
I'm like flicking through the book going like, am I missing pages? Like a vintage 007, like ripping me off. Um, and I was just like, what? what's going on? But I loved it. I, I wish the movie had done that. I think that would have been a great idea because when it got to that bit and I'm just like, what? what, what's happening right now? I thought it was a very unique thing. And I don't know if this was one of the ones that Fleming was meant to like, this was meant to be his last one and this was meant to end on a cliffhanger. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was really, I, I love the book. It was a really good book. Well, your your edition didn't have the extra pages at the end because they wasted all of it on what was his name, Johnny Smith's intro. <laughs> Tom Rob Smith's intro. Tom, Tom Kate Smith. Moss, uh, Smith, Quarrel uh, Junior. Uh, Kate, Kate Moss. <laughs> uh, but you're right. This is uh, Fleming's one of many uh, times that he tried to kill off this character. And I mean, let's be honest. We've read Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We've read uh, the Diamond Smugglers and Thrilling Cities. It's a good thing that he didn't kill off the character. Um, but you're this actually legitimately was he wanted this to be the last Bond film and he quickly changed his mind and he's done it after this as well. Um, so yeah, I didn't mention it, but the cliffhanger is amazing. And I, I feel like in 1960s, you can't really do that in a movie, they did with Majesties, I guess. But ending on a cliffhanger, Mildred's going to be upset, like, oh my god, Sean Connery is dead. Uh, so they need the that second sort of, movie, they they, they haven't solidified their fan base yet. I mean, in the 25th movie, people are saying, the franchise is over, James Bond is dead, and this is 2021. We get it, Nicholas. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if people can't handle it in 2021, then how is old Mildred in 63? I mean, she just lost her dear JFK, and now she's going to lose her James Aww. Bond. Uh, Rip JFK. Yeah, rest in peace. Um uh, but yeah, why didn't we get a phone call with him and a parrot? Come on. Uh, I do Mr. say, Mr. Bond, Mr. Bond. I just want to congratulate you. <laughs> you are the hero to the people. I can't do a JFK impersonation. Mr. Bond, I'm not going to kiss you. Um, <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that. Oh, that's a different president. Wrong one. That was Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that Bond girl. Um, he was a big Bond fan, so maybe him and Terry Hatcher. Oh, um, I don't know, I wish. <laughs> uh, but Tim. yeah, he, he did try and kill Bond off, which is a funny kind of thing to think of in the fifth book. Like maybe he thought five, that's enough, and we're done, like Daniel Craig. But uh, it is a great cliffhanger, and it does make you kind of want to see what happens next. And it, now you kind of understand in the movie of Doctor No Way. They don't follow the cliffhanger, but they do still have that sort of intro bit. That's actually um, that's a solid point because that clicked, particularly with the whole gun conversation in yeah. uh, the book and then the movie. Because then, like the whole how you it failed on the last mission. Yeah, like I totally, totally got that. I do have a funny quote uh, here uh, that I liked uh, on that gun note and the kind of cliffhanger. Um, so it says here that after Diamonds Are Forever, blah, 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 was published in 56, Fleming received a letter from a 31-year-old Bond enthusiast Mildred. and gun expert, Jeffrey Boothroyd. So obviously Major Boothroyd was named after him later. I, I thought you were going to say Tom Rob Smith. Tom Rob <laughs> Kate Moss. Uh, <laughs> criticizing the author's choice of a firearm for Bond. And they have a quote here from old Jeff Boothroyd. He says, I wish to point out that a man in James Bond's position would never consider using a 25 Beretta. It's really a lady's gun <laughs> and not a very nice lady at that. Aww. Dare I suggest that Bond should be armed with a 38 or a nine millimeter? 
let's see, a German Walter Pibiki? That's far more appropriate. So Jeffrey Bufroyd sending letters to Fleming upset that Bond was what, using a what, lady's gun. What is it with people in the James Bond franchise just caving into letter demands? Oh, George should be a good person. We like J.W. Pepper. Oh, yeah. use a different gun. Can I write off to Barbara and, and Michael right now and just be like, bring back Madonna? And then, like, Bond 26, Verity. <laughs> Verity needs a larger role. James Bond 26, Verity's revenge. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. They do cave into letters, uh, but Fleming must have got that letter. Oh no, I've been having a ladies' gun for James Bond, not a ladies' gun. Uh, but yeah, Colin, do you do you have any thoughts on the sort of great sort of cliffhanger scene, which they do sort of include in the end uh, of the film, but not quite? Yeah, I mean the scene is there. It's just missing the cliffhanger part. Um, I, I honestly don't remember if I knew that was a part of it when I read this book the first time. Um, but I mean, it plays very well. And, and it's funny because I never actually considered before the idea that he was using that as an opportunity to kill off James Bond. I always just figured this is, you know, a cheap cliffhanger. Let's get people, you know, uh, let's get people really pumped up for the next one. What's going to happen to James Bond. I always just found it funny uh, in the movies, how they kind of did that in the opposite order with uh, getting the gun at the beginning of Dr. No. So when, whenever whenever that comes up in the movies, especially, my mind's always wrap, trying to wrap around as a, wait, so is this a sequel to Dr. No? Frosh with Love is a prequel to Dr. No? Like, it gets very confusing for me. I, I'm I smart. Like- I get it. So <laughs> Thank God he read the introduction. I did. Um, Tom, Tom Rob Smith Rob cleared that Kate up. Moss he Smith. cleared it all up. Yep. <laughs> I just, these characters are so good that they could have their own spin-off like series. Like, I want to see the Red Grand book and the, the well, Rosa Clamp. And- didn't we, we talked about that on Patreon, Ben, the idea of, um, and, and give me your take now that you've, you've kind of gotten the, the Spectre spinoff in the first half of this book, uh, whether or not they, they could do, let's say, Amazon, a Spectre TV series that maybe doesn't involve James Bond. Um, yeah, I could see that because I think the first, hundred or so pages isn't entertaining and riveting enough that you could probably see it. Um, it's yeah. I, I'm again, going back to that. I'm very anti James Bond cinematic universe, but you could do some sort of TV or even just a book series. Like, I mean, if you do the money penny diaries, I mean, you know, do the books, just the Smirsh books or the Spectre books. Amanda Bond's free. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, I, I don't. I'm sure she's not free. She probably charges a little bit to be in these things, but uh, y- you know. Um, uh, ha 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 ha, Ben. I, I didn't have the sound effect there. <laughs> Try that. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I could see it. Do I want it? Nah. Now, uh, Ben, you'll be devastated to know this. Uh, Jeffrey Boothroyd. Uh, died 20th of October 2001, meaning poor old Jeff never got to see Die Another Day. Didn't you see what? Don't tempt me. That's a tribute to to Jeff, Jeffrey Boothroyd, if you're listening from beyond the grave. He knew what it was going to be, so he wanted to just go out. (laughs) He he took his life because he knew (laughs) Die Another Day was coming. That's dark. That's very dark. That's very dark. Rest in Um, peace to Johnny Boothroyd. Now, that does make me think. He was 31 years old when Diamonds Are Forever came out and was a big Bond fan when there were four books. 
I wonder if we can find someone who was a Bond book fan before the movies that we could interview. No, that no, would be so took, fascinating. How you long? got a couple students who might yeah, well, fit was, at least the age. I was going to say that. We, we, we're celebrating the fact here in 007 that we got our second ever Patreon. So it took us a while to get to two. I don't know if we're ever going to find a 78-year-old who's like, you know, still well, not even 78. They'd be like 90. give us money. I just want to see what they thought of Diamonds Upright. I, I just want to take a moment to, to our student audience. Second Patreon of 007. We're ro- rolling in the cash. What's so, his name? Or her name? Uh, they, their name no, is like him. Big it's Survivor him. fan. Like they don't even have a name. <laughs> Wrong show, love. I know. I thought, How disappointed are they going to be when the first uh, episode comes out and we're talking about Idris Elba? I know. Now, now is he a fan of the TV show Survivor, the band Survivor, I Have the Tiger? Oh, or it's got to be the band. Surviving. Or the, or de- surviving the Destiny's Child song. I don't know. I, I would say that they have replied to my message saying thanks for coming on board, but similar to David, doesn't really respond to anything I send them. So at the These end of the day- These people all sign up by accident. They're signing up and we appreciate your support and we're trying to give you the content you're paying for, but you're not responding. So by all means, please. Like, Are we getting like bots? <laughs> signing up for yeah. are we getting at the end of the day we get the money from it up? so what do we care <laughs> we're getting paid by Russian bots hey I'll take it. we're getting an extra three bucks a month so it's a dollar each everyone <laughs> dollar yeah, each there big, you go <laughs> welcome to a big survivor fan uh, I like to think he's just a fan of surviving I, yeah I'm, I'm not uh, uh, take it or leave rent, I, I rent surviving you, you drink you drink enough that uh, you know you're you're, you're doing there. And Colin's just old, so he's treading water, and I'm just lonely. That makes the three of us. And that's a Ben fact. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what happened? That was the wrong button. I think we've got massive Survivor fan on the line here, Dewey. Let's just try that out. Yes, hello, I'm Max. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. I am a massive Survivor fan, and I love all of you. I will be back next. Is that Dr. No? I don't know how what happened there. I'll try that again, and that's a pin fact. Um, what happened there? That was a weird... Who's on the oh line God, there? Oh, my God, you killed Colin Hilding. I didn't mean to kill Colin, but he's choking to death right now, and I'm sorry. Yeah. I needed that when I read the Jeffrey Boothroyd quote out. Um, I'm Jeffrey Boothroyd. <laughs> uh, this was not a good purchase. Did you spend your the Patreon money on this? Yeah. Every cent. <laughs> I haven't seen my dollar yet. Uh, actually, the, the fun bit is, if we, if we can we do Dr. Noel again? Because I can literally recreate a scene. We'll be back. We'll be back with the dogs. See, I can recreate things. Okay. Or we could um, we could talk with James Bond and go James Bond in space. Okay, we passed Moonraker. Um, Moonraker. But yeah, so that is uh, from Russia with Love, and uh, I really do feel like rereading this in order. Okay. This, come on. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Take a step. What back. did I say about beating a dead horse? I, I, it's I just funny the first. Okay, time. hang on. It's funny the first time. Noah, let's get me back on track. What do you think, Noah? I want you to take a step back. Okay, all right. I'll just, I'll stop. That's a new one. Uh, <laughs> Been around for a while. But <laughs> you two never listen new. to the show after I, I it's do. It's new to big not. survivor fan. It is. Um, 
But I, I, it does, to me, feel like this series kind of takes a mood shift after this book. And I didn't notice it until I reread them all in order this year. But to me, From Russia With Love feels like the end of classic Bond. And after this novel, we really get into the almost similar to the films. Dr. No's very sort of ripping yarn thing that we will get to the big adventure. Thunderball is his big scope, Goldfinger. Uh, you only live twice as a whole other kettle of fish. And uh, it does feel like he turns much more into a superhero. So this, from us who love to me, feels like the end of classic Bond, of just this spy before we get more into sort of the movie Bond, superhero Bond. Uh, but before we move on, Colin, Ben, do you have any sort of last parting words on From Russia with Love? Anything we didn't cover? Um, uh, just, I'm curious. We're kind of, we'll go through our rankings of the book, but Ben, you seem to be touching on the, touching, touching on. Who the, am I touching? Uh, what, the, you, the what did you hear? Girls, Who told you what? The Bond girls as you go along. I mean, it, does, does uh, Tanya fall into your, uh, she's kind of boring or is she um, a great Bond girl? Like somebody who won't be mentioned. She... She's good. I think I, I think what works for her is the build up and because we get to know her beforehand and I think she's maybe her and Honey are the two that I'm like reading and if I had not seen the movies I'd be like wow okay these two they they're hot like just the way they're described. Um and I think that what you know works and it's similar to the movies obviously they're playing off each other. I think she comes across as much more smarter in the book whereas sometimes in the movie she maybe gets dumbed down a little bit sometimes whereas this kind of works um i i think the thing that doesn't work is i i i feel just the way it's implied with these two and then just the fact that you literally get no mention of her in dr no because i i was i was you you find out about rosa Klebb, and then i was kind of like i was kind of like do i need to go back to the end of from rush with love what happened to tanya like i, I can't seem to remember and i just i thought i felt she needed to get some sort of mention as to what happened to her yeah. with everything that how they explain how bond recovers but um i mean yeah i i i haven't been ranking my bond girls but um i would maybe put it just Below Tiffany Case, I I really like Solitaire. I know you two don't like Solitaire, and I didn't like Vesper in oh, the book. I got, so. I get that you liked her in the first three, which was already controversial. But now we have six, and you're still talking. We're about halfway Solitaire? through the series. I still like Solitaire better than I like Vesper. Vesper book Vesper is my least favorite Bond girl after six books. I'm telling wow. you now, I did not like book Vesper. Book Vesper was shit. So yeah, sorry, book Vesper. Rest in peace. I don't know if that answers your question, Colin, but I I liked her. Yeah, she's she's you know. What do Very you think, Colin? Do you like her? I I like her as well. Good, I'm Colin. Glad that I like we her discussed too. this. Noah, do you like her as well? Yeah, she's all right. I like her. Correct. Uh, she is an again quite a different Bond girl. Uh, and I so disagree with Ben's comment that they're all the same. Um, they just, I just, I think they just to clarify is I just feel it kind of gets to a point where it feels like the movies where, like, they're not the same. It's more of the case of just like the movies, Bond meets a girl, Bond gets infatuated by them, Bond hooks up with them, and they're just disposable. That's what I'm trying to say. And like, I get that's how the movies obviously got that way. But I just, I think the difference is, is that. You know, we're not getting Sean Connery having a narration part going, oh, I really want to bone this woman. She's got great tits. Um, whereas, like, in the book, we're basically getting that. <laughs> so, 
Yep, clarify, I don't, I still disagree. Um, but that's okay, we're allowed to disagree. Um, no! So let's, let's move on to, who was that sexy voice? Uh, <laughs> he should do audible. And you should also. also get a can of slam. Yeah. He could do the audiobook of uh, Revenge of the Sith. No! Can we just quickly, um, before we move on to Dr. No, I just want to quickly check in on um, Roger Moore and what do you think of a certain domesticated animal, Roger? I like cats. I don't like people who don't. Okay. Just wanted to clarify. I can't get, I can't get annoyed at that one. No. Roger. What a man. Uh, he liked books. He, uh, he always did the introductions. Hello the there. Welcome to well, he's, he's Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Obi-Wan. Now, hello there. <laughs> Enjoy Obi-Wan. Well, that's Obi-Wan. Roger Moore is Obi Wan. Yeah. Not a bad call. Use the Force, Luke. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. <laughs> you were the chosen I one. Know him. He's oh, me. That yes. line would have great Sean Connery. You were my brother, Anakin. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I could see it. Yeah. Use the Force, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> From a certain you point must of view. Go to Dagobah. When uh, I left you, it was but the learner. Now I am the master. What's that really awkward one in Empire Strikes Back when he's like, Luke, no, you must not go. And he puts his hand up. Luke, you must not that go. That leads to the dark side. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, he would never get struck down. He, he would get away and, and bang Leia. I have the um, high ground, Danny. Take me around the, the world one more time, Obi-Wan. Imagine him with Dex uh, in that diner. <laughs> Obi-Wan! <laughs> Hello, uh, Dex. <laughs> they can do things with people's faces, dead people's faces on things. Like, someone, please put Roger Moore in Star Wars. Oh, uh, deep fake. God, imagine me yeah, with deep fake technology. That'd be fake fun. Roger Moore. Oh. Yeah, that's next. Uh, but let's get into our last book, uh, which is Dr. No. Or as Colin um, calls it, Doctor. No, 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 no. <laughs> That was the original title. It was. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Fleming tried to kill off James Bond, but it didn't take him long to change his mind, and he was back a year later writing Dr. No. Um, and we go from I Love Me, which is a very serious JFK spy novel, into Dr. No, which is, I think, a great novel. And I zoom through Dr. No both times I've read it. I find it thoroughly entertaining, but it is a far cry from this spy novel that we just had into, this is what I'm saying. This feels like the beginning of the sort of superhero James Bond and the sort of over the top. We got a bit of it in Moonraker, but for the most part, the five film, five books in the beginning are very sort of spy centric, grounded in many ways. And to me, Dr. No feels like the beginning of super spy James Bond. It's still a lot more grounded than the movies, but this, We've suddenly got like claw hands. We've got James Bond going through an obstacle course of death traps, which I love. I'm not criticizing it. We've got a fight with an octopus. We've uh, we've got the the dragon is here. Um, all of these things, and, and we've got the the death by bird shit and this whole big bird shit trap thing. And it it's a great book, and it's very and I argue it's maybe one of the most just entertaining of the Bond book. But to me, it marks a shift in the series for the rest of the series into this sort of superhero rather than just spy. Um, but he did he did change his mind and and he was back 
with the dogs. With the dogs. And this is what we were saying uh, in Dr. No, the film. We see him get his new gun and everything. But here it makes a lot of sense because we, in the movie, M says, oh, you've been on leave, M, uh, bomb, bomb. But we actually see why in this book and it continues on. The, the book series doesn't get enough credit for being a series. Uh, like the Craig films are thought of as a series, but the books did it before that. And uh, and the way they sort of wrap up the kind of Kleb stuff like they did with the Tiffany stuff before and and they mentioned that, like, what is it? Something like Mathis came in at the last minute and saved the day or something like that and they knew it was poison and they, like, the kiss of light or I don't know. Uh, and Bond gets his new gun, Jeffrey... <laughs> Jeffrey Boothroy must have been wetting himself when he opened that book. He jizzed all over his face. They did the gun and they named the character after me. Um, I'm definitely not going to live until die another day after this. Uh, but, yeah, it's so entertaining. The character We get a lot of repeat characters. Quarrel is back and Quarrel's good fun. And dead. Uh, Strangways is back. But then the supporting cast as well. Dr. No, we get a lot of detail for him as well. Like, it reminds me quite a lot of Drax uh, from the book as well. Honey, we get a lot of detail and is a great character too. And then we get all the different Miss uh, Chungs and everything going on here. No Felix. Um, the, it just goes by in a flash and it's just entertaining. Mary, uh, you got Mary. Mary's there, yeah. And you can see why they chose this as the first film. I mean, not only is it much simpler than From Russia With Love and cheaper than things like Goldfinger, et cetera, they, did, they couldn't do Casino. Uh, you can see why they chose this. Um, and it makes a great film and it makes a great book. And they are quite similar, but there are differences there too. I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I think the differences really just come down to budget. And, and I, I completely agree with you. I think the biggest takeaway I have every time I read this is this is the book that shaped the film series. You can tell they're like, OK, well, where do we want to go with the film series? And that's why it makes it so uh, unusual that they chose from Russia with love as the second movie to adapt because they were obviously looking more for the fantasy spy series. You know, they wanted it to be larger than life and very over the top. Um, this book is probably, if I were to recommend somebody here, Ben, Ben's going to have more ammunition now to which order should I read it in? Uh, because if I would have somebody recommend, uh, which book to read, if they were just a fan of the series, the movies, I would probably say Dr. No, which is funny because Dr. No was the first book that I read. Uh, and it is maybe the one that uh, inspired the direction they wanted to go in with the movies more so than anything else. Because particularly when you get to the second half, his, his whole gauntlet obstacle course and everything, I mean, that's that's not really grounded in reality. That is something that you would do in a movie, though, a very elaborate, over-the-top spy movie. I wish uh, we got that. It, it, and, and that's where I was saying, I think that the, the, the differences between the book and the movie come down just to budget. I, I understand why this was picked as the first one, but in a way, I wish that they had picked this as the third, because imagine how great it would have been to have seen an octopus and seen Bond hanging off of cliffs and and you know going through... Uh, all these death traps, um, they what they could have done even in the mid '60s to late '60s with a better budget uh, would be incredible. And I'm not knocking the movie at all. I actually think, if anything, the movie 
it's kind of a refreshingly grounded adaptation where they don't necessarily go as over the top. And uh, in its own way, it actually helped shape the Bond movie series as well, just with the differences it took. But uh, I, of all the ones that I have read, well, I have read all of them, but of, of all of the books then, uh, I will say this is still the one right. that I have the most fun start to finish reading. And mm -hmm. if I were to choose which Bond book to go back to, and this isn't even reflected in my rankings of the books, uh, I would probably always just choose Dr. No as the first one to go back to, partly because it is sort of my nostalgia as being the first book that I read, but also because it is just such a blast and an adventure story. One thing that I think I might disagree with, I think the book was a little bit more outlandish than the movie. I mean, he fights, oh, I agree. Fights a giant I squid. Yeah, I don't think you were listening. I, I never listened to you. Who are you? What's your name? Um, Fred? Frank? Josh Smith. Joe Don Smith? Kate Moss? What was, it? what was he? Yeah, Kate Moss. I, I loved it. And again, very close Yay. to the book. I didn't expect it to be, but it gave me the sort of like, you know, I loved Live and Let Die because it just felt like a movie and it just felt so kind of, you know, adventure, like as you, I think, explain, like if you're reading like Adventures for Boys, you know, whatever. Um, I just thought it was, I love the way it sort of followed on from From Rush With Love and you heard about his recovery. I love that basically Bonnie sent on a holiday mission that is basically just like, oh, I'll just find out what's happening with Strangways. Like, you know, it's probably nothing, but you, you never know. Um, and I just love that intrigue. And I, I like, I love Dr. No. Like I, I don't, I know I didn't rank the movie villain that highly, but I mean, this makes the movie villain better because it's just the, the way he's written and the way he's kind of explained. And you can see how Joseph Wiseman played him because he's kind of just got that very like proper nature to him. I, I will say that I kind of sympathize with Dr. No in the book because basically he's just, he's just a guy who wants to own an Island and live by himself and get left alone. Sure, there's a whole thing about the whole radar system, which is they just that that bit to me was because I'm reading this whole book going like, what's Doctor No doing wrong? He's just living on an island, and people keep like, trying to invade him, like let him live on his island, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, he's trying to do things with the Russians. But okay, he's got to be a bit evil. But he wants to intercept the missiles. But that's I was assuming that Americans are the good guys. Yeah, well, exactly. Which, if we look at history, Americans are not really the good guys. Exactly. Hello to all our Americans listening, by the way. Um, but <laughs> you I, Survivor fan? Are you American? <laughs> but um, I am. Thanks. Um, but <laughs> had to do it. Uh, but yeah, I just I love that intrigue, and I just love kind of just Bond doing an innocent little mission and then just how they describe Crab Key and just this place of just torture and the dragon and Quarrel right again getting burnt. And I love the description of Bond thinking about Quarrel's body on the ground and he goes to have a look at his body, you know, oh, charred and everything. Honey's, we have to live through that again. Honey's great. Honey's described really well. And I love this, like, slum of a house she lives in with all the animals because, okay, Dr. Doolittle, honey. Um, but, like, I love the description when he goes in the building, like he's sort of what on this Island with all the, I don't even want to say the word, but how if Fleming describes the mixture of Chinese people and non-white people, it's not very well written that it is, but, um, <laughs> but I, I like, I love the fact that you're kind of just on this Island and then it's just a tropical island. Then he goes inside and just like the movie, it's like this elaborate, like, you know, building and how he's got the, the fish tank and just the way it's written. It just, it's so well, Really entertaining. I agree with that. 
And yeah, I, I loved it. I I really like. I love the obstacle course stuff. I couldn't put that down. I just I kept reading that. The centipede scene was great, and then I the bit when he's like going down Human? the 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 what bit? Human centipede. The hu- Oh ha ha ha. Oh Colin, <laughs> say that again. The human centipede. Uh, <laughs> what was that, James Bond? Huddy and a quarrel. What was that? You be- wanted? What was that about your butt again, man? <laughs> I wasn't allowed to call the episode that, so if you're not careful, I'll call that episode this. Um, put it in Who's my Who's in the middle and the end for the James Bond, Honey, and Coral human centipede? Oh, Coral's, Coral's on top. Coral's big, so he's got to, like, really, you know, get in there. and um, On top? Like, his penis goes in the butt. Colin, the top. It's not, That's, it's not vertical. I think there's a free <laughs> We're going to build up a, the centipede. The leading tower of human centipede. I'm talking about butt sex, all right? <laughs> like, that's what I'm trying to talk this about. This is the second... This is the second time that we have brought up human centipede, and it's the second time that I'm sure that these guys don't really know actually what the human I centipede is. I know what a human centipede is, but I'm referring to other forms of connecting the human bodies that don't involve mouth to butthole relations. So that Save that is- for the next episode. We're talking about the human centipede, not the vertical leaning tower of centipede. <laughs> um, there's only one way to get tra- back on track with that. Play theme from Human Centipede. <laughs> what is a theme from Human Centipede? We there, can now, end with theme from we'll Mouth is on the butthole, butthole's on the mouth. Ma- what is the theme? Is there a theme? Is that what I mean? Mouth with? hole connects to the bum hole. The bum <laughs> hole connects to the other mouth hole. If I can't find a theme, I'm literally getting that audio and I'm looping it to the music of something. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, I've lost training. Need a job. I really do need a job. Three dollars a month, big survivor fan. I can't live off that. Sorry, you can bro. barely buy a loaf of bread these days on that big survivor fan. This loaf is a man's life. Expensive, Noah. Um, <laughs> I I I like it. I the yeah the the centipede the centipede when it was creeping up on him and then the obstacle. Shut up, Colin. I'm talking about an actual I, centipede. <laughs> I step away for like two minutes and I come back and you're still talking about human centipedes. I'm not the human centipede, the human centipede. But you see, see, what I understand is if you're on top and it's in your butt, and what I'm trying to get at is... Colin, shut the fuck up. That that was the prequel to the human centipede. That's Mildred. I think that's Mildred that we've got on the line there. Is that Mildred? Yes, it's Mildred. All right. I I mean, to be honest, the centipede, I think, is scarier than a spider. I'm Australian. We're not scared by spiders. I'm fucking terrified by a spider because what I was going to point out is, like, the bit when he's in the obstacle course and he can see, like, the creatures moving and he can hear the things. I'm like, I'm going, oh, God, don't let them be spiders. Please, not the spiders. And it was the spiders. That terrified the shit out of me. But the centipede scene was written very well. Ian Fleming would be good at writing the human centipede. So, um... The if point, only he lived to write the novelization of the human centipede. The point is, I enjoyed it. What did you think of it, Mildred? I also enjoyed Doctor No. Thanks for asking. There, there is this. Uh, also, the honey uh, when she's tied up. Oh, the, the movie. crab like ripping her over. Yeah, it's just yeah. sort of this movie. This book is very fun and very, as we say, adventure story sort of thing. But it is quite dark in ways, and most of it involving honey. But honey's a badass. Uh, Can I just say that? Like, yeah. I, I love the fact that like. The, the thing that she's well written is because I, I kind of remembered you talking about how the like 
the the rape scene in the book and it's sort of not it's implied in the movie but Very it's not intense. there. But like the fact is that Honey's a badass because the fact that she is all like, oh, yeah, those crabs weren't going to rip me apart. I just lay there. I did this. I'm friends with all the animals. Like, Doctor No, stupid. This isn't really going to hurt me. And I came to rescue you. Like, fuck. Doc- like, Honey's the biggest badass so far in the Bond book. She's great. Continue, No, I'm curious where this is going to go. You stopped me at the worst point. And you man. see, the centipede would be in the front. <laughs> the bum hole, the asshole connects to the mouth hole. Uh, you stopped me at the worst time, though. Are you trying to defame me here? Uh, sound clips. No, all for the sound clips. Speaking of Honey's ass, I did. There is a funny little uh, comment daddy. here in the trivia. Uh, <laughs> well, well, you say that. I'm about to bring up Noel Coward, which he is gay. So yes, good um, for him. So Ryder is described in the book as having buttocks like a boy, which brought which brought a response from Fleming's friend, Noel Coward. And here's our Noel Coward. I was also slightly shocked by the lascivious announcement that Honey Child's bottom was like a boy's. I know that we are all becoming more broad-minded nowadays, but really, old chap, what could you be, have been thinking of? So did did Fleming base Honey's ass on Noel Coward's ass? But wasn't because I think I wrote I, I have written this because well, this wasn't what I was thinking of because I think it's in that sequence when they when Bond's looking at Honey he's basically saying like oh she's kind of like a child uh, it's a little bit creepy but she's hot like it's kind of like the Ben Waterworth Ben Waterworth. Yeah, and the no- what, is, what is the deal with the nose? Why does she have to have a broken nose that makes her slightly ugly? But then well, Bond's like, I'm okay with it. Wasn't it I mean, when she got raped, Ben? So, oh, well, I don't yeah, like, know. Like, this is know how rape works. I but- know that um, we've talked about the movie version having to tone some things down with Honey's backstory, and really, I think that the movie does it very well. You know, in I guess PG standards in 1962, uh, but you do miss out on a lot of the grittier parts of her backstory. And I, I actually kind of like the thing with her nose because it, it's it's really just trying to show Fleming created a Bond girl that was sort of damaged, and she comes out as a stronger Bond girl Ooh. despite having that, that damaged background. And I, I actually I think that the last time I read this, I probably appreciated Honey even more so as a character than I did before, and I loved Honey as a character every other time I've read this. I've got to say I do appreciate the fact that Honey's also, not only is she a badass, like she's kinky as hell, that she's basically like slave time. Uh, it's like, okay. Um, it's like we go from a book where Tanya's all basically like, like being grilled on a sex life and it's kind of like, how many men go, I will not tell, I will not tell you the days. And now Honey's just kind of like, Slate, like it literally ends at the the thing where it's like I take orders from me. I'm like, okay, why do you have to end it there, Ian? Come on. Now, who who likes uh, Honey more, uh, Colin or Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> I wish I had the Winnie. The, I wish I had the Winnie. The Pooh. <laughs> Colin's losing it at something right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought that was a reference to my joke. I'm like, I don't know, it was bad, but it was. <laughs> I, th- I think I think Colin's loving life as a father right now. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, I I think I think Bond likes Honey more. Bond likes yeah, get yeah. sticky fingers. But she is a great character, and I would like to see the Honey Winnie the Pooh spinoff now that Winnie Pooh is in the public uh, public domain. We yeah, we're almost there. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. I often make a big mess upstairs too, but that's um, different as well. Oh, Who's I wish killed I could go someone, into Colin? What's happened? Can you tell us? Nobody's no, no, dead, no, but no, let's no, let's no, just no. say somebody somebody who's not yet at the age to use plungers shouldn't be trying to use a plunger. Jamie, <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> Jamie's been playing with poop again. <laughs> Is Remy eating his own uh, poop again, or was it Casey? One of those two. Anyway, we've got things to get through. Um, but there, you, Ben, you mentioned this sort of adventure stories for boys, and there is actually a reason that it does feel like this. Because, and I've mentioned it before, like I want to see the TV show of Bond, Honey, and Quarrel solving mystery. This actually story was a script or at least an outline for a planned TV series, not a Bond series that Fleming was involved with, that was going to be called Commander Jamaica. Uh, wow. And, and it was, and it was going to feature... America. Well, it was going to feature a character t- titled James... <laughs> creative there, Fleming. James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> and it was going to be set in uh, Jamaica, and this was the plot. So we were robbed of Commander Jamaica... Um, James Gunn and, did and a good also, job of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy eventually, so, you know. Well, also on adaptations, I read a, a funny thing uh, this morning that this is weird trivia. In 1962, the American men's magazine, Stag, <laughs> my favorite, serialized the story, renaming it as Nude Girl of Nightmare Key. <laughs> Wow. What a trivia. I would watch that movie. Some porn magazine published this under a different name, Nude Girl of Nightmare Key. Well, Honey's always naked in this book as well. Yeah, just a belt, a belt. Mm. Which, again, Uh, you can probably see why they, you know, Mildred wouldn't have liked that in 1962. So, But, I mean, we talked about uh, From Russia with Love was the real grown-up one. I feel like Dr. No, it's less grown-up, but it's really Fleming expanding a lot more. So Honey gets a big backstory and it's very tragic but she's also a strong character dr no has a great backstory when they go on about him and the gangs like i want to see that prequel movie that sounds cool and and they touch on it in the movies but you can only do so much in dialogue in the movies and uh and then we've all you know we've got the puss fella we've got uh quarrel and all of them that it feels like he's really expanding his characters they're not just sort of blank slates like i know Maybe earlier on, even though I love Vesper Lashif, they don't have a lot of characterization, but you can live and breathe uh, Dr. No and Honey as the characters. So as much as it's a fun ripping yarn, I feel like the characters really sell this too, as well as the setting. We got sick of America again. I don't think we get sick of Jamaica coming up from the second. Well, I was, I was, you mentioned that because then when Colin was saying about how America cut books, I'm thinking, well, is it any different to Jamaica? Like, I mean, you know, I, I mean, you have a a little bit more of a gap. I mean, you don't have because with America, there is only one. There's there's only one book in between the two America stories, whereas we have what two books in between the Jamaica stories? Three books. Three, Three, four, four. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's that's like a, a third of the series. Colin does man. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's really the the father in Colin is coming out now. Um, uh, so if we don't have anything more to add on Doctor No, we can get into our ending things. But I think we all agree, Doctor No, great novel. Um, so we can quickly go through. Uh, there's no Peter, uh, not Peter Franks. Uh, <laughs> Peter, Peter Travers. Travers. 
Crabbers, yeah. Uh, but we've got the Reader's Digest ranking. Hang on, okay, hang, on, hang, on, hang on. Do you want me to? I can do. Do you want? Do you want to? Which do you want? The fifties yeah. or the modern? Oh, got the fifty. All right, let's Come let's on. let's try this. We got the one for the ranking, two for the show. <laughs> Put it all up. Go go go! It's ranking. We got a ranking. Thank all that. You got a rank or not? Cause you got all the rank. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. oh, goes on for a while, doesn't it? Jesus. Yeah, no, How long is that guy? Royal. It's the 50th. All right. <laughs> I didn't realize it goes uh, like eight minutes. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> it, it is fun to hear that, actually. It's worth it. Uh, Shock Horror, Reader's Digest Canada, Diamonds Are Forever, the seventh best Bond book of all time. No. Oh. Now, is that out of 14, 14 or 12? 14. Hmm. And and they that's a that's such a Peter's Travers move. Um, and he said, "Are these diamonds flawless? Heck no! Oh. But they sure are fun." Um, <laughs> and live and let die was six. Oh my god! Hi. Number five from Russia with Love. Uh, and let's see. And then number four for Doctor No. Well, interesting. Uh, four, five, and seven. Seven for Diamonds Are Forever. Holy, holy! Um, um, I, I. So that's out of fourteen. That's, that's so they've included the yeah, two short ones. Okay, because are we ranking them in our list? Because I've only written down here twelve to do. But if we I think do, we rank them separately. Okay, all right. Just checking. All right, all right good to know. Uh, so before we get end on our rankings, uh, do you want to get some kissing, kissing, banging, banging? Oh, absolutely. Do you want the fifties one, or do you want? <laughs> Is there a fifties? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the fifties. Well, shouldn't we? Roll hang, on, hang on. Before we roll, should we do our actual rankings? Since I play that introduction, I feel like we should do the rankings, and you do the kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Did after. you play rank? No, didn't you? That was oh, rankings. it was ranking. Yeah. Oh, you were supposed to play box office. Oh, well, Jesus, boy. Um, <laughs> well, the box office of the books. Yeah, well, um, sorry. I, 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 played I did my one. homework on this and I failed. I was actually looking whether or not there's such thing as book sale numbers, like a box office. No. Not in the 50s. It probably are now. <laughs> but um, can I just say, no, if, was, if we're doing our rankings, I've changed mine from the last time. I... <laughs> I just want to add that I uh, moved. So my three at the time, I think I had Live and Let Die, number one, Moonraker, two, Casino Royale, three. I want to put Moonraker at number one, Live and Let Die at number two, and Casino Royale at number three. Oh, that's a a slight win. A slight win. Just want to add that. Um, So I think it's it's best we leave Ben for last because we're probably going to get... It's the name of my autobiography. uh, Very angry, and we don't want to trigger Colin any more than... He is right now for what he has to deal with when we finish this episode. But uh, so for me, uh, so I had uh, Moonraker number one, Casino two, and Live and Let Die three. So for Diamonds Are Forever, I'm going to put it in sixth place uh, last. I don't think it will be my overall last, but I'm putting it in last place for now. Um, for From Russia with Love, I want to put that into third. So, uh, Moonraker, Casino Royale from Russia with Love. And then I'm going to put Dr. No in four. So between Dr. No and Diamonds Are Forever is Live and Let Die. So, so hang on, so hang on. Moonraker's oh. one, Casino Royale's yeah. two, from Russia with Love, three, Dr. Yeah. No, four, and Live and Let yeah. Die, five. And Diamonds Are Forever, six. Okay. Thank you. Um, but yes, just. Not so much for Diamond Life Forever, it's at the bottom, but strong round for a double whammy on from Russia with Love. Is it a no. young boy's bottom? 
No. All right, move on. No. Neither of us even want to acknowledge that one. There, this is where we really need video episodes. Ben making an inappropriate line and our expressions. Of, what did I just hear? It was a reference to something we mentioned about 10 minutes ago, but human centipede. They never mentioned young. They just mentioned boy. <laughs> I thought it was a young boy's bottom. It was just a boy's buttocks, not a young boy's buttocks. You made up the young boy bit. You added the young into the boy. Move on, Colin. What's uh, your rankings? Colin, what have you got? Uh, I mean, both of you have almost compelled me to move Moonraker up above Casino Royale, but uh, I honestly, I just love Casino Royale uh, so much I can't do that. But, um, uh, I mean, I'm going to keep Casino Royale at number one and I'm going to keep Moonraker at number two. Uh, and just because of how much fun it is, and it's funny talking about it has almost made me want to reread it right now. Uh, I'm going to keep Dr. No at number three. Ooh. And then From Russia With Love, although I feel like those two are very close. Uh, Live and Let Die at five and the Diamonds Are Forever. Easily six, but there is a much worse book to come. Um, I won't spoil for Ben which one it is. It is going yeah, to be. I almost want to put Dr. No up. Um, we'll do it. You can. Um, nothing stops. No, from Russia, love is sort of a masterpiece. All right, so I. All got, right, Ben. I'm very curious Jesus. now. You should go to a bar or something. Um, number six, diamonds are forever. Nah, it was you know, put it at the bottom. Not not a fan. Uh, it was fine. Uh, number five, Casino Royale. Just 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 doesn't resonate. What is your issue with Casino Royale? It just wasn't. What I was thinking, he, like, he does it to be edgy. Oh, yeah, he totally. To me, putting Casino Royale on the bottom. Uh, number four, Live and Let Die. I, I enjoy Live and Let Die, I really do, but I like the other ones better. Number three, Dr. No, enjoyed it, was good. Thank you, Dr. No, for being a good book, it was enjoyable. Uh, number two, From Russia with Love, and number one, still Moonraker. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Moonraker. Listen to me. There's see, if you two are editing right now, there's a clip that you would play over and over again. I thoroughly enjoy Moonraker. There you go. But guess what? You don't edit, so I do. So um is it are you is it just Casino Royale that you both hate me for? Colin. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Although I'm I'm sure we're gonna hate you next week when <laughs> one of the other weaker books is gonna end up as your number one. Well, what's wrong with Goldfinger? Uh well, uh, so before before we end off, uh, so let's hear let's hear some uh, kissing, kissing and banging and banging. A real Mr. Kiss, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> that one doesn't go for as long. Um, that <laughs> that was doing the doo wop dances. Um, good, good, good job. That's the fifties bond. Uh, so kiss, kiss, bang, bangs. Uh, I've got the Bond, James Bonds, killed the Lays and the Martini. So we'll start with Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, Bond, James Bonds, nada. Didn't didn't say his name this week in Diamonds Are Forever. They all know him. It's America. <laughs> uh, kills. He he's got six in, uh, which is actually up until this point a record. Six six kills. Uh, Lays. It's just the one. Uh, no gypsies or anything. So it's just. Uh, Tiffany, no Winton kid. Now, this is crazy, and this is an all-time world record. Martinis, in Diamonds Are Forever, he drank 12 martinis. Jesus. That's almost a Noah levels. Yeah. That's probably more than he's had in the entire film series. Well, yeah, 12. That's more than some of the individual Bond actors. Probably more than all of them. 
He drank Roger 12 Moore. to get through this. Jesus. So, I mean, yeah, he said he was going into the pipeline. It was a little too far undercover, I think, of Bond. And also the first shaken, not stirred that we get ever in James Bond was in Diamonds Are Forever. 12. He needed 12. No wonder nothing happened in the book. He was too busy <laughs> pissing it up. Did you find out that uh, fact recently that emerged about the reason why he has it shaken, not stirred? Did you see that trivia fact that somebody uh, mentioned? Apparently, the reason why James Bond has his martini shaken, not stirred, is when you stir a martini, the alcohol is spread around the entire drink. When it is shaken, the alcohol sinks to the bottom so you can sip on the top of it and not actually consume any of the alcohol. So Bond, being a smart spy, is not actually getting drunk when he sips on those martinis. There you go. That's giving James Bond too much credit. He loves getting drunk, doesn't he? (laughs) It's not you. You're not James Bond. We saw him drink a Heineken. Well, a terrible beer. Stupid. Um, Craig, not okay. Doesn't count. Interesting fun fact, though. Uh, so from Russia with love, just the one Bond, James Bond, saying his name again. Uh, kills five, so one less than Diamonds Are Forever. Decent run. Lays, he's got the one. Tanya, no gypsies. And Martinis, he's he's on a program, so he's stepping down a bit. He's three. Oh, so not bad, not still, bad. Still a fair few, still a fair few, but not 12, for <laughs> God's sake. Uh, and Dr. No, we've got one Bond, James Bond, uh, six kills, so same as, pretty consistent, this book Bond. Um, Lays, just the one, honey, no quarrel. Oh. He would have if he didn't die, rest in peace. Well, and well. Uh, Martini. <laughs> oh, he's not Colin. Burning Men. Uh, Colin the Necro. <laughs> Is that what's going on upstairs? A plunger. <laughs> Jamie's dead. Hurry up! I'm gonna get upstairs. She's dead. She's, she's not cold. She, Now's my chance. She's still While warm. the body's fresh. Oh my god! We've gone from human centipede to necro. Is that the episode? Not, not, not necro. No, the, uh, it's not the episode. <laughs> Doctor Necro. <laughs> Don't call him uh, the necro. <laughs> no, God no, no, not Colin the necro. Colin Hilding the necro. Get get it in the Google search. <laughs> no, no, Colin Hilding is a necrophiliac. Let's just put that full sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious, but please don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, and martinis for Dr. No. He's getting three martinis in. Have three you been martinis. keeping a tally of this? Because I haven't been keeping it. What's, what are we up to in total after six books? No, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, okay, so Bond, James Bond's uh, three so far after six books, halfway. Uh, kills, we got... 10, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 21 kills so far. Pretty, pretty high. Uh, lays, one, two, three, four, five lays. So he's a bit more sensible than the movie Bond. And Martinis, well, we've got 6, 10, uh, 13, 16, 16 plus 12. 28. 28. 28 Martinis after six books. That's, That's a slow night for Noah. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm up to the challenge. Can Noah beat the book Bond in Martini? That's what we should do one episode. We should like, like Colin, Colin can drink finally. We should just sit here with martinis and see how many we can go until we all pass out. Great for our Patreon. There's our next Patreon episode, Colin. <laughs> that sounds like a great episode. I would be up for that. Well, that's every episode for me. I've never had a James Bond martini. So. Oh, I've had plenty. Uh, plenty of talk. Sure. Uh, anyway, so we've kind of moved on to the next uh 
section and era. We've got six books. I can't believe it. Uh, and we are halfway through, if we're not counting the short stories, we are halfway through the books. I cannot believe it. Uh, we haven't read the Die Another Day novelization yet, but we'll get to it, or Ben will. Um, but, yeah, so I think I, I, I made the call. I didn't check with everyone, but I'd say we're leaving the short stories to the end and we'll do an episode on all of the short stories because the they're not really written as a continuation here. They're just taken from Stag Magazine and Playboy and uh, whatever. So they're more of a collection. Human Centipede Illustrated. <laughs> My favorite. Human Centipede Digest Canada. Um, so uh, so I say we leave the short story and we'll do an episode on them at the end. Uh, so that would mean our next three will be uh, Goldfinger, Thunderball, and... The spy who loved me, right? Or is it yeah. Majesty? It's spy love me. Spy. That's gonna be an interesting episode. Goldfinger, Thunderball. Uh, so we've got Goldfinger, which is the notorious film. Let's see how the book comes the out. We've got Thunderball, too. which has the whole Kevin McClory nonsense and that it was a film script thing. And then we have got one of the wackiest things that I can't wait to get Ben's reaction to in uh, Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, so. Compared to the three that we talked about this week, it's going to be a real interesting time next time. Well, we'll get Colin's sort of reaction, but first I just want to know from Ben, do you what do you know about these? Are you looking forward to these? Have you got Bond book fatigue? How are you feeling moving into uh, Goldfinger, Thunderball, Spider Love? I, I don't have Bond book fatigue because it feels a little bit weird. I finished Doctor No about a week ago and I haven't started golfing because I was waiting to this episode. So it feels a bit weird not reading them. So um, I don't no i mean i'm looking here on wikipedia i mean thunderball obviously i know the whole issue and the story around that so i'll be intrigued to see how that turns out but um i think spy who loved me the two that i think i'm I'm most intrigued to read are always going to be the spy who loved me and you only live twice based on the stuff i remember you guys talking about for both of them so i'll be intrigued to read that i i mean i'm seeing here golfing is the longest uh, it says here it's 318 pages, although my versions are like bigger text because mine's like 370 pages. Um, so <laughs> you got the abridged children's version. I have of the these one stories. with the pretty pictures in it. So um, yeah, I think I remember both of you talking about the book not being as good as the movie, or the the villain maybe not being as good in the movie. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a bit thrown off that I like to do things in order and that I'm not going to be reading for your eyes only, but I'm listening to Noah. So, uh, although I'm reading here the Hildebrand rarity, Bond helps find a rare fish. That sounds like pretty exciting. Blinking. Um, <laughs> blinking fish. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm going into these kind of not super knowledgeable on what is going to happen and expecting them maybe to be more like the movies, considering that I wasn't expecting them to be now, but I guess mm -hmm. we will wait and see. You know, it's it's interesting because this isn't necessarily the strongest three sections of books, uh, but kind of like we've gone through this week. I mean, I feel like all these stories are so different in their tone from each other, even so different in their tone, that it's not necessarily going to be boring. It's not like you're going to get through one and be like, Oh, I didn't like that one. And then the next one, it kind of drags you down the next one. You may not like it, but it's going to feel like something completely different. So I think that's going to be one of the fun things for you running, uh, running through this chronologically. That's the exact review of 007. Being big survivor fan 10. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so 
so fascinated to see Ben uh, do Spy Love Me. Um, you put all this pressure uh, on me now that I'm meant to hate it. You know, I'm probably going to love it now, so whatever. I, you don't have to hate oh, it. You don't have to love it. I just want to see your reaction to it. <laughs> I'll send you my face. When I finish the last page, I'll just be like, It's going to be the, uh, the, the, the general from GoldenEye. <laughs> this is why we need to do these video episodes. Yeah. We are doing terrible podcast work here because we are just making faces. Jaws face going over the no cliff. See. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see that. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, have fun, Ben with Goldfinger. Let, let's get let's get it done this year. Let's get the next episode out this year. You can do it. I easily. I mean, we did the first one at the beginning of August. This is now the end of September, so it's only really taken us well, nearly two months. But um, I think I can. I think what I generally try to do when Don't I start get reading a job. is I. <laughs> Thanks, Just Dolph. Read. Be supportive. <laughs> you got to pay me? Can I have some of your salary? Um, oh, you're getting the Patreon money. I've not seen can, any of Neither does Colin and I. It pays for our servers. We've been over this before. Uh, Doesn't even cover it all. Exactly. Pays for us entering awards that we don't win. Um, I generally like to read like three chapters a day when I get into them. So, you know, I'm averaging about a book every week or two. So, doing all right? Yeah, you can do it. Thank We're you. zooming through halfway through the series, um, and I'm having fun revisiting these books, and it's fun to hear Ben's reaction. I just I can't believe it. Uh, so that's it. Uh, I don't know in terms of the chronology Couple of this because I'm bad at the pre-production. Uh, are you going to hear this before the yes. one that we are recording yes. tomorrow? We are. So you are Okay, sure. then the next episode next week, will a be- A special Wednesday uh, episode, week, Noah. There you go. Special James Bond Turn sixty years old. The book, the movies, not the, not the books. We're done with the books. Um, so we'll be doing one on the sixtieth anniversary of the series and of Doctor No. Uh, we dropped the ball on the fiftieth of Diamonds, but we are here for the big sixty, and probably we, we're doing more for the sixtieth than Eon is. Let's be honest, because they've dropped the ball. But we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, in our next episode. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, stay tuned for our Bond at 60 episode. Uh, any any other thing you want to tease up there, Ben, on that? Uh, it's going to be exciting. I think that I'm glad we have uh, decided to do this. And as you said, we will literally be releasing it on what is James Bond Day, uh, the uh, 5th of October, which, of course, is officially the 60th anniversary. Uh, so if you are listening to this in the future and you're thinking like, oh, I missed out on that, well, you did. Uh, but if you're listening to this live on the day right. this is released, it is, will be on Wednesday rather than a Friday next week. But I'm excited for it. I think it's important that we do this. We remember, you know, you just said we'll talk about this, but we remember the 40th anniversary because we had a certain movie. And then the 50th one, we had Adele. And the 60th one, we have nothing. So uh, it's up to us to fill the void that Eon does. So a little something we are fun. carrying the James Bond torch. We'll be talking about every single movie. Except for one Casino for Doctor No, two for Fresh Love, three for Goldfinger, four for Thunderbolt, five for You Only Live Twice, six for Unmedicated <laughs> Service, seven for Doms of Forever. Call it Abby I can't keep up anymore. I thought I could get through all of them. What was that? You can't keep it up anymore. Um, <laughs> Do you want me to just keep it up as you get to 60? Did Colin like. It was like for a second, the robot Colin, Colin Bot just malfunctioned and he just started Colin singing robot, James Bond. Colin <laughs> robot, Colin robot. Uh, 
Anyway, let, let's end this. Uh, it's been a lot of fun talking about these three books and uh, sign up for our Patreon so that we can finish paying for our server. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, my name has been Noah and will be Noah and we'll be back with the centipede. And my name is Tom Rob Smith and enjoy this hilarious end quote from Ben Waterworth. And my name is Ben and you owe me slave time. The human centipede, I'm stuck on you, you're stuck on me. We work together like a family, like a human centipede. There's an old German surgeon known for separating Siamese twins. But all he really wants to do is put them back together again. And when three people come about, he'll sew the rainies to their mouth, making the first human centipede. Centipede, I'm stuck on you, you're stuck on me. We walk around like a family, like a human centipede. Well, there's two hot Americans and one angry Japanese man. And they cry and try to get away before the surgery began. But now three have become one. All have so much fun Walking around like a centipede A human centipede A human centipede A human centipede The mouth hole connects to the bum hole The bum hole connects to the other mouth hole <laughs>